welcome to the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast from GlamorganCricket.com. I'm your host, Peter Miller, and in this episode, we'll have a rundown of the results and performances in recent weeks, a chat between Dominic Booth and informed batsman Colin Ingram. I chat with Andrew Salter, and then Dean Koska talks about his season so far and takes on the brain of Glam Quiz. In the time since the last podcast, Glamorgan have continued their stellar white ball form. They have had seven matches and won five of them and lost just one. They began their Royal London One Day Cup with a very good win against Gloucestershire here in Cardiff. Will Bragg top scored with 75, but there were contributions all the way down the order as they set Gloucestershire 290 to win. Wickets for Tim van der Huchten, Graham Wagg and Craig Mester saw Gloucester dismissed for just 237. Just two days later, it was Sussex who came to Cardiff for another One Day Cup game and it was yet another victory. This time it was Chris Cook who made a superb 67 ball 80 that had the most impact on the match as Glamorgan posted 302 for six. There were 50s for Anira and Donald and Graham Wagg in that total and it was always a tough ask for Sussex. The visitors found themselves 90 for four and then 158 for five with only captain Luke Wright offering any real resistance with a 48 ball 65. When he fell with over 100 runs still needed for them to secure victory, the match was all but over as a contest as Sussex stumbled to 218 all out with Glamorgan winning by 84 runs. From there, it has been a return to the T20 blast and there was another win for Glamorgan, this time against Gloucestershire and Bristol. Having been set 168 to win, Glamorgan chased it down with ease with Ingram making 64 and Donald finishing on 48 not out as they won by six wickets with seven balls to spare. That innings from Ingram has been indicative of his excellent form and he has been churning out the run since he returned to the side after his knee injury in the early part of the season that saw him miss the first six championship matches. He showed some more of that excellent form in the match against Kent at Canterbury as he made 95 not out from 53 balls to chase down a stiff target. The Kent target was a massive 290 from just 42 overs thanks to a hen thanks to a 170-run partnership between Joe Denley and Sam Billings, both of whom made centuries. There were half-centuries from David Lloyd, his first in list A cricket, and Will Bragg, but it was Ingram's long bombs, as the players were calling them, that made the big difference. The next game was another Royal London One Day Cup match against Middlesex this time, and once again, it was Glamorgan who uh, set a stiff target to win. Brenda McCullum made 110 off just 85 balls. It looked at one point that Middlesex would end up with somewhere north of 350, but the Glamorgan bowlers did well to rein in the scoring, so Middlesex set a target of 291. That man Ingram gave Glamorgan some hope as he made 85 from 73 balls, but it wasn't enough as Glamorgan lost in the one-day cup for the first time this season. A rained-off game in Taunton meant that that T20 match didn't take place between Glamorgan and Somerset, and as a result, there was a point shared by the sides but rain only shortened the game against Kent here in Cardiff rather than stopping it altogether in the blast. It was reduced to a 16-over-a-side game, and David Lloyd played a remarkable innings. Before this game, his highest 2020 score was just 31. Here, he blasted 97 not out from 49 balls. Ingram was in the runs yet again as he scored 60 from just 29 balls. Then a superb spell of rapid bowling from Dale Stain saw him claim four Kent wickets for just 18 runs as Glamorgan bowled them out for 121 in a near faultless win. As things stand, Glamorgan are top of the South Group in the 2020 Blast and second in the One Day Cup. They return to county championship against Kent yet again this week and they'll be hoping that some of that white ball form rolls over into the red ball game, although the forecast for the coming week in Cardiff is pretty grim. So whether or not there'll be too much cricket, we will have to wait and see. Next up, 
here's that informed man, Colin Ingram, chatting with Dominic Booth. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast. Very special appearance for you today because we want to talk about you being top of the MVP ratings for the Royal London One Day Cup thanks to your batting and bowling heroics. Um, how does that feel as an all-rounder, Colin? Yeah, it's always nice when it's going well. And, um, yeah, I must say, it'd be nice to contribute with the ball as well. Uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoy uh, you know turning the arm over every now and again, and uh, you know it's really been coming out well. So, um, so yeah, just happy that it's uh, you know turning into a few wins for the team, and uh, you know the guys are in a good space. You missed the first six weeks of the season, and then came back, and have obviously had a, a really good settling back into the side period. Um, Fourth four-day cricket around the corner as well now. So, how do you adapt to that? Yeah, I think you know when when things are going well, you're hitting them well in the middle. Um, you know, you just want to you just want to get back out there and, and play as much as you can, and you know, sort of ride the wave. Yeah, so just looking forward to you know the challenges of the next while again, and um, you know, when, like I say, when it's going well, you don't want to take it for granted. So as we go back to the 50 over format that's just finished, taking a month's break, obviously been a very successful for one for you personally, Colin, but for the team to finish three wins and one loss on those opening four games, halfway stage in the competition, that's a decent start, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely puts us in good stead, but. Um, you know, we still have a lot of hard work to be done. Um, but looking back, you know, the first half of the season wasn't uh, didn't start exactly ideal, and, and the guys have showed a lot of character. To, you know, um, you know, get stuck into a whole bunch of wins. You know, not just in the in, in the 50 over comp, but also in the T20s. So, you know, that's been really positive, and, and you know, hopefully the team can ride that wave and um, you know really start putting our seasons together. Is a semi-final or a final appearance in one of these white ball competitions realistic ambition for Glamorgan? Yeah, it must be. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've got a good enough side to do it and we've showed that, you know, we can beat anyone. Um, you know, I said that at the start of the year because cause last year I really felt that, um, you know, we were a really dangerous side and we, we beat some really good sides, um, but we weren't as consistent sort of as we would have liked. So it's been great this season to string a couple together and, you know, that gives the guys a lot of confidence going into the back half of the season. Another moment I'd like to talk about is when you were captaining the side in the absence of Jacques Rudolph, who had injured his forearm in that um, memorable 50-over game against Sussex Sharks with a catch at mid-on in quite acrobatic style, shall we say? Can you talk us through that one? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's definitely a catch I'll remember for a long time. Um, you know, with coming back from injury, I haven't been uh, sort of at my fittest, and, uh, and I do enjoy my fielding. Um, so it's great to really... Uh, sort of get back to full fitness and and, uh, and get diving about in the field again and um, you know the, the ball sort of looped over my head and uh, sort of stuck out of hand and it stuck so uh, it was a great moment and, and one that uh, I'll definitely won't forget. You making sure the boys remember that one in the changing rooms as well? Yeah I think they, they've been reminding me that you know anything uh, comes near me these days I have to catch so uh, a bit of pressure and I've, I've created that for myself. Yeah I remember in the first T20 game against Surrey your first appearance of the, of the summer there was an early diving catch and a, a six off your first ball so you probably get like to get stuck into it quite quickly don't you yeah I like, I like to say to the guys in the changing room it's always nice to contribute so uh, if you seek out opportunities um, you know to make a difference then uh, sometimes they do come your way and you know if you um, if you're looking forward to those opportunities you know it, it can really change your game so uh, you know that's how I like to I'm a wholehearted cricketer and I you know I enjoy being out there so uh, so when those do come uh, you know put in a full effort and hope it, hope it works out all right, best of luck tonight, mate. I'll leave it there. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers. I caught up with young spin bowler Andrew Salter to chat to him about his season so far, the impact of having Robert Croft as his coach has on a young Welsh spinner, and some other bits and pieces in between. Here's Salts. So joined for the very first, his very first visit to the media centre 
in Cardiff at the Swayleg Stadium by Andrew Salter. Hello, Salt. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. All good. Is it exciting to be up here? Um, yeah, no, I, I said earlier it's my first time, and um, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Um, <laughs> I spend a lot of time up here and it's not as re it's not as exciting as they make it out to be. It's literally some desks and some grumpy old men being grumpy. That's pretty much all that happens up here. I think this is uh, one of the best views in the house, this. Oh, it's, yeah, it's good, isn't it? We're in the, the BBC box, which is always nice. So I thought what we could do is we could catch up and find how you found the season so far. It's kind of been an in-again, out-again kind of season for you so far. Has that been frustrating from your point of view or just cricket's a squad game and you have to deal with it? Yeah, no, I think you've been spot on there. I've uh, sort of been in and out of the squad or being 12th man, water boy for some games and then getting on the pitch for others. Um, yeah, um, and that's been a little bit frustrating at times. I think for me it's just, especially with spin bowling, it's all about getting rhythm and doing a good job for the boys. And that, that's the only thing that I really want to do, really, is put some good performances good performances in, not just for myself, but for the team. Um, so when I do get the chance, it's important I try and uh, make it and uh, put in a good, uh, good performance, as I said. As a young Welsh spinner, the first line of your uh, ESPN Crick Info bio, a bio talks about it, talks about the comparisons with Robert Croft and how you can fill his boots and everything. How have you found Crofty, be, having been someone that you've worked with for so long, taking over in the head coach role? This question probably gets asked quite a lot. Um, but no, it is great to have Crofty there, and I think I'm very lucky to have uh, his knowledge um, you know, as accessible as it is. Um, he can just draw on his experiences and um, you know try and help me out wherever he can. So for that, it's um, absolutely brilliant. But it's one of the things I've always found interesting watching you bowl over the years is the fact that it seems to me that you always want to be one of those spinners that looks to be taking wickets. You look to be bowling that outside the off stump line, turning it into the right hander, away from the left hander, rather than trying to dart it in. Is that kind of what you're thinking when you're going out and bowling, regardless of the formats? Is it wickets that you're after? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, I think that's just a, a sort of natural thing. Um, depends in terms of what format we play. If it's the T20s, I don't think the boys be too happy if I keep floating them up and getting hit into the taff. So for that reason, I, I need to sort of you know I've been working on my game to stack up some dots and, and try and bowl a bit flatter, bowl some areas maybe the batsmen don't want it. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, taking wickets and, and being aggressive, that's something that I, I love doing and I want to keep doing. How difficult is it then as a spinner? in the age of 2020 in terms of like you said trying to keep things guessing is it do you need to have more than one skill is it not just a case of bowling a decent off break do you need to find a way that you can i don't know turn it the other way or get it to seam away or any of the other things obviously while keeping your elbow perfectly straight <laughs> yeah no um yeah i haven't quite uh, got able to go the other way yet <laughs> and it's not something i particularly practice i think i might risk pulling my shoulder out um, but yeah, no, there are subtle variations. Um, the main one being pace, um, you know, dropping off the pace and then again going up some uh, some levels. But yeah, no, it's um, trying to keep them guessing, trying to figure out where they're trying to hit you. Um, and when I'm bowling, most of the time it is back over my head. Um, but yeah, every, every batsman has, has a strength, and we look at that. And with the with the help of David Harrison, we have a good idea of where the you know the the major zones of uh, the batsmen are. So. I, I've got that in mind. I set a, try and set a field accordingly and, and uh, you know, nail my skill. We've had limited opportunities in 2020. I think it's just the one game, isn't it? And then the Seamers did so well at, sorry, that you didn't get to bat or bowl, which must have been a bit disappointing. But I wanted to speak to you about the turnaround 
that's happened at the club over the last month. So the first six weeks, I think, by everybody's admission, was not quite what people were hoping for and were a struggle at times in the championship. But since the white ball stuff has started, it's just been like you're a different team and confidence seems sky high. Do you think the change of format changed or was it just a case of a change of luck? It's a tough, tough one for me to answer. Um, I think, um, yeah, you're right in saying we, d we did have a couple of poor performances in the four-day stuff and uh, this one-day comp, you know, it's a bit of a fresh start. I think the boys really looked forward to that. Um, we also had the likes of Colin Ingram coming in um, who didn't play in our four-day stuff and, and has uh, played awesomely um, since he's come in, so, so that's been good. And then you look at the one-day stuff and, you know, um, with Stain coming in for the D20s, that's brought about um, some great energy and, uh, you know, some pace into attack with the likes of him and um, Guten, so... That was awesome, but, you know, for me, I did play that first T20 in Surrey. I only had to field because they did such a good job. So, you know, when you've got Stain or Salter, you know, it's <laughs> it's an easy decision. But, no, nah, um, nah, it is good, and we're loving playing the white ball stuff at the moment. It's, uh, it's actually good fun, and when you're enjoying it, it's normally good signs. Hopefully you would have got a game against Chris Gale this week. That would have been quite exciting down at Taunton. Obviously, captain by Jim Allenby, who was at Glamorgan before, but obviously hugely disappointing with how wet it was. Did you get to wander out in the outfield? I mean, just how damp was it? It looked pretty wet. Yeah, no, it was. It was it was absolutely soaking. Um, you could see the groundsmen being frustrated because they were cleaning it up, and then you'd get another shower, and they'd have to clear that up again. And Yeah, it, it was absolutely soaking, but um, I think... Um, even if I wasn't playing, if I was 12th man or if I was playing, I really wanted to watch that. Um, <laughs> the the jabs between uh, Stain and Gale would have been awesome. Um, so I'd have enjoyed to watch that, and I think everybody would have as well. So it was disappointing not to play. Um, but, yeah, that's just uh, unfortunate, I suppose, and that's English uh, weather conditions here. Well, we're sat here in the build-up to the Kent game, and the ground staff are taking covers off as we speak. And uh, we've got two things that we didn't necessarily have a tournament, which is a very, very good draining system and some lights, which hopefully means that we get some cricket. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you for filling us in on the season so far, and I really appreciate it, and good luck. Thanks very much. Cheers, man. Last, and by no means least, I spoke with Dean Lurks-Koska, the veteran Glamorgan spinner who's in his 21st season for the club this year. I spoke to him about going down to the second 11 and acting as a mentor for the younger players that are on the fringes of the first 11, white ball cricket, and also his thoughts on Graham Wagg bowling left-arm spin. Here he is. Uh, really lucky to be joined by Dean Koska. He's just said some really interesting and entertaining things, but I forgot to turn the microphone on, so we're going to start again. Sorry, Dean. No problem whatsoever. I'm sure hopefully this will be a little bit more interesting than the last the last snippet. I don't think so. You said it was always a pleasure to see me, but I think what we've realised in the last minute and a half that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so what we were saying is that it's been a slightly different season for you this year. Obviously not selected for the first six weeks of the season of the championship game in a way doing second 11 cricket. Is that something that you found a valuable experience? Yeah, first and foremost, it's obviously um, a little bit frustrated not to be involved for the first six six or so championship games of the season. You know, I've been I've been bowling and spinning at Glamorgan as a first spinner since probably 2010, 2009. Um, so that was a little bit frustrating, but... You know, the, the wickets haven't really been that conducive to spin early on. Um, we've even seen Andrew Solder, when selected, um, only bowled quite a few overs and, and playing for sort of five seamers in our first six games. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating, but um, it's not to say that I'm not enjoying my white ball cricket and, and 
hopefully as we move on during the season, there might be opportunities for me to, to carry on and play a little bit more four-day cricket. So you've obviously spent a lot of time with the young kids that are kicking around in the second 11. Is that something that you've enjoyed doing? Yeah, 100%. You know, I've been selected as captain for the second team and trying to sort of, my role there has been sort of a captain on the field, but more so a bit of a role model and a bit of a mentor to the to the young spin bowlers coming through, the likes of um, Owen Morgan, Connor Brown and, and Sam Pierce, the leg spinner. Um, all show signs of tremendous promise and a very good cricketers in their own right. And hopefully, you know, five, sort of ten years down the line, they'll be, they'll be twirling for Glamorgan. Um, but no, I've enjoyed the role. I've enjoyed playing second team cricket. Um, it's all about setting a good standard and what it takes to become a first class cricketer. And then, of course, in the second 11, on the back of re results there, we've seen Nick Selman sign a long term deal with Glamorgan for three years. Very much deserved from your point of view, having seen him play as a captain? Yep, I was very lucky enough to, to, to play with him when he was going through his rich vein of form, scoring 100 after 100. So, you know, his, his selection into the first team was. was the right selection, I believe, at the time. Um, fortunately, you know, and as cricket goes, and as an opening batsman, you know, the scores didn't go his way, and unfortunately, he got dropped for the next game, which was quite frustrating, I'm sure, for him. But fantastic to see him sign a, a long-term contract. You know, it, sh it shows um, good selection policy um, because he's he's a proven run scorer at second team level. Um, hopefully, he can kick on his career and um, and uh, you know perform for the first team at Glamorgan for many years to come. Well, you've been, in a way, fortunate in that you missed some of the doom and gloom that was kicking around for the first six weeks of the season, in that you missed that not particular great run for the first five games. Obviously, a much better performance against Essex. How was it coming into that dressing room and attempting to kind of try and turn things around? And what's happened for things to be going so right for Glamorgan over the last month? Yeah, I think, obviously, coming back into the white ball team, Myself and Colin Ingram, you know, experienced cricketers, we try and bring something a little bit different. Obviously, fresh faces coming into an environment where they, they have found it quite tricky. Results haven't gone their way, but what one-day cricket allows you to do is to express yourself and play with a smile on your face, and we've certainly been doing that in, in both 50-over and T20 cricket. Um, you know, the crowds get on your side, you get on a bit of a roll, and once you just... You know, get used to that positive vibe back into the change room. It's very easy to go on a roll. So, in terms of how, I suppose, from my point of view, it's quite interesting for somebody that's been playing list A cricket for 20, 21 years now? Right. 21 years? 21st season, yeah. 21st season. It must be pretty remarkable to see how much it's changed over the last, you know, I suppose three, four years, but certainly over the last 20. Hugely, you know, that not only the stadiums that you play, play in but the actual type of wickets you play on now um boundary sizes the size of the bats the site the, the different kind of shots that all these top order players now are playing you know back in the day when myself and robert croft well, robert croft were, were playing together and we were used to both spin in the middle of the innings um you know you, you could often afford to go for two three and over and that was you know we bowled pretty tightly in those conditions but now it's especially in 50-over cricket with the extra fielder in the circle, it just, you know, it, it, you're happy if you go sort of in around five, six and over and hopefully take a few wickets. So the game, is, the game has moved on um, from a fielding point of view that as well. Um, you know, I've always prided myself on my fielding and it, and it has taken quite hard work to keep up with the youngsters, <laughs> um, especially, you know, when they're flying, you know, these, these one-handed one diving catches over the boundary, flipping it back and all that kind of razzmatazz. So you've got... You got to keep an eye on that, but 
Yeah, it's all, it's all part and parcel of where one-day cricket is going. Um, it's not going to get any easier for, for bowlers, particularly spin bowlers. Well, it's at the end of the innings that things really seem to have changed just massively. So it's kind of quite interesting, isn't it, that when the revolution came in 1996, where you had the Sri Lankans at that World Cup going cocoa bananas from ball one, whereas now it seems to be that people are trying to do that at the back end of the innings and saying, right, the second half of the innings is a 2020, let's see where we can get to. Yeah. We've seen, obviously, Colin Ingram hitting his long bombs. Are the days gone where spin bowlers can afford to bowl at the death of an innings? Is that is it just is it too tricky for bowlers for spinners to be able to do that now? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. You know, come the 40th over, you now then allowed it's the it's the final power play and you've got five outside the ring. So myself and Colin, Colin Ingram and, and potentially Andrew Salter do have that luxury of having an extra fielder outside the ring. So it it lends itself to to potentially bowling three or four overs between the overs of 40 to 46 so and then leave it to the to the faster bowlers to 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 um you know finish the innings but look it's always a little bit tricky when when you haven't got a mystery ball as a as a finger spinner and you haven't got the ball turning the other way from a from a you know like a deuce roll or or whatever it might be um you've got to use all your your guile and and wiliness really and and that comes with flight on on field placings I suppose one of the interesting things that we've seen so far this season from a spin bowling point of view is we've seen Graham Wagg turning his arm over and bowling his spin, even took a wicket in the championship game. Yeah, is he there? Don't even mention Waggy's left arm spin to me. It riles me every time I see him bowl. He's a left arm swing bowler. He shouldn't get any first class wickets bowling left arm spin. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty serious about this point, you know. <laughs> I do all the hard work in the winters over my career to get wickets in first-class cricket and practice my technique, and then he comes on and bowls some ludicrous left-arm spin that is just, well, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a mixture between a chuck, a, I don't know what is, I don't know what he's doing bowling left-arm spin, but there we are, that's my opinion. Um, take it or leave it. Um, hopefully the Glamorgan hierarchy can listen to that and, and have my thoughts on that, but um, there we are. He, well, the, the one with the one wicket he got when uh, against Essex so far this season, I have to admit I did chuckle. But I think my favourite moment of his left arm spin was he was bowling half the over seam and the other half of the over spin. I think you might have missed it because you're away with the second eleven. But it was it was it was amusing. Yeah, I can't believe you're still talking about Graham Wagg's left arm spin. <laughs> to be honest, it's uh, it's a subject that you know I don't really it doesn't really sit very well with me. <laughs> Especially as I was brought in to do twelfth man to watch him bowl left arm spin. Um, that game as well. So, yeah, that was pretty pretty disappointing. We'll move on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers, Lex. <laughs> so it's uh, quiz time with Mr. Koska. He's very excited, uh, although probably more nervous than he's been at any point so far this season. Obviously, because this is high stakes, high stakes stuff. When was the last year that Australia won the Ashes in England? Ninety. No, two thousand and one. Correct. Who's the leading run scorer for Glamorgan in 2020 cricket this year? Um, Chris Cook. And Iron Donald. Three Glamorgan bowlers have six T20 wickets this year. Name one of them. Hogan. Correct. You could have had your name there as well. Name one of the two teams that are playing in the West Indies in an ODI Tri Series this month. South Africa. Correct. Which Yorkshire batsman has scored two hundreds in two days this week? Uh... Lithe. Correct. Which New Zealand batsman is playing for Kent this season? Latham. Correct. Which batsman has the highest score in both test and first class cricket? 
Scoop for Glamorgan? No. Test cricket and first-class cricket. Don't know. Pass. Pass. Which leg spinner has 708 test wickets? Warren. Correct. Who is the seamer with the most wickets in test cricket? Uh, Anderson. Glenn McGrath. Uh, which CPL team will Dale Stain be playing for when he leaves Glamorgan? Uh, Jamaica. Correct. Uh, who was the last Glamorgan player to play for England? Simon Jones. Correct. Last question. In which city would you find Eden Gardens? Calcutta. Correct. I make that, Dean, 10, which is um, second place on the leaderboard. I'm a 50% man, so I'm, I'm happy with that. 50% out, of a, out of a possible 20, but you did answer more than that. I think you only got two wrong out of the 12 or 13, that 12 that you answered. So, I a question there. Yeah, I think I probably I could have answered them, asked them a bit quicker, but, you know, everyone's got to deal with me that's doing this quiz. Well, at, least, so. at least you managed to switch on the machine this time, so that's good. That's definitely, definitely a massive bonus. Cheers, Dean, and good luck. Cheers. Thank you very much for joining us for this edition of the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully you're sharing it with people that may be interested. And if you do like it, by all means, please do get in touch and let us know. I'm on at the Cricket Geek on Twitter, and you can tweet the club at Glam Cricket. See you in two weeks' time for the next edition. Take care and goodbye.